Hi everyone, good afternoon. I am speaking today with Munir Abul Khay, who is from Syria and is a digital artist. Hi Munir. Hi Adrian. Thank you for having me today. How are you doing? How's life? Good. Life is good. You can sometimes you might complain, sometimes you might be grateful, you know, when you compare it with everything happening around. But yeah, life is good. Yeah, there is obviously as we all know, there is global chaos going on in the 21st century in 2021. Just before we get into detail, how do you see the events of the world and what do you think the youth need to do to help the problems from the Middle East to Africa to South America to North America to Asia to everywhere, Australia, the islands all around? Well, to me, the way I would see it is that I mean, we are, I mean, definitely the world has changed a lot before the pandemic, during the pandemic, and after the pandemic. But in a way, I could see a positive side in it. I mean, I, I won't get to the medical part, which is um, definitely not my sector. But speaking about um, the education system, for instance, uh, personally, I think like we definitely need a whole new system to carry on for the new generation. And I think the pandemic in a way has taught us that there are definitely um, many issues in the current system we have and there is a lot of work to do for us to maintain um, a better system and I think for instance in my sector as I work in digital arts um, in a way it seems to me that the world is more open now for working online or having um, an online meeting or delivering a work without being in an office so in a way, um, this whole situation um, has helped us to be more, more open to new alternatives. Yeah, very true. And I mean, obviously, the digital economy, digital modernization, digitization of the digitalization, sorry, of the world itself is think, well, I mean, here we are thinking people or not thinking people, I guess, the youth, because everything that is going on right now that's making the move the world move and work is thanks to the youth. It's thanks to the youth that are working in digital economy, like you digital artistry, the youth that are the new doctors. I met two doctors through the same time I met Munir. And now they are coming into a world where they learned medicine. A certain way and they're going to have to become modern day doctors which means that they have to realize that they might have to work online I started working online since before the pandemic started because i realized you're saving time receiving money greenhouse gases the mobilization of the whole population of a city or a country at once between let's say 8 and 10 a.m in the morning to get to work to get to school that is creating greenhouse gases it's destroying our economy it's destroying our economy not in the short term but in the long term but most importantly i think that we every I turn on the news, which someone else might have to turn away from, but it's part of my work in medical diplomacy, health with government, peace and health at the same time. It seems necessary and dire, but seems almost also impossible for people who 
are responsible for this action to be taken seem to not know what to do or not know how to do it or don't care enough, which is fine. Because the great thing about life is we're all here for a certain time period. Our elections, our positions are temporary until you don't exist anymore and you don't matter anymore. And the sad truth is I read news, I read things in so many languages and so many people are just waiting for a leader to die so that they can have peace of mind. How sad is that? When you hear that as a youth, as a person who is going to have a position in the future in this world that's going to matter because digital artistry is how the world is moving forward right now. How does that make you feel to see the world go the way that it does? But also maybe you feel hopeless, maybe you don't. Well, I very much actually agree with you on the on the point that you say um, that we have to move away of this mindset of working from nine to five, the typical uh, get paid by the hour kind of thing. I mean, w- there are definitely many other ways to maintain this planet in a more sustainable way. The way I would see it is like, why wouldn't we have a value-based price like for every person that get paid for the value that they provide for uh, for the society in a way? I mean, definitely it takes time. It takes a lot of work to change the mindset. We are, we are um, not used to this, but I mean, I, I see a lot of hope. I mean, the generation has changed. I, I was reading this article where it says like, millennials are the most educated generation, but the least paid. <laughs> and but as you said, also other thing is like, where, where sometimes we, we are stuck in this um, kind of loop where we get so attached to everything around us where we believe or think that we are here permanently, but in reality that everything is, is temporary. Even our own existence is temporary. But sometimes because um, maybe the duration is too long, so we might mistake it for uh, a permanent, but otherwise everything is temporary. So we definitely have to make the best out of it for ourselves in the first place and for all the generation that might come after us. Very true. I think our generation, we don't have a choice but to be united because the world has been divided for, I don't know how many years, 70, 100, 400, 500, we don't even know. But here we are, paying the consequences in every way possible because this is not a war between one or two countries or a few. It's not a... It's not a religious war. It's everything all at once in one big washing machine or vacuum of problems that people are being born into this world, this specific world, everywhere. Nature is against us with chaos and climate change. And yesterday, for the first time, I saw a thunder and lightning storm I'd never seen in my region, that I've been here in this region for 16 years around Europe, but also in this region for six or seven years. I saw, I'm like people are not opening their eyes because they're expecting their government to do something that their government is incapable of doing. Because if you're millions of people and there's so many problems in the world and I keep investigating and speaking to people like you and going, it's so simple. Share power. Share knowledge. Share humanity. The I'm in position, I'm in power is not working as from what I'm understanding is 
the more the youth and the millennials like you and I are told we have to, we have to, we have to, when we've seen every failure possible by the things that we're told we have to do, people keep on protesting, people keep on fighting, people keep on burning and keep on destroying. And I'm looking at a medical perspective and I'm going, this is bad for the pandemic because we're supposed to be social distancing. Then I'm looking from the political and diplomatic perspective and I'm like, this has to happen because it's the only way the world can change. I don't know how you see the world as a person. Maybe tell us a bit about, have you been in Syria? Were you born here in Europe or did you come from Syria? Can you tell us about, because I would love to learn more about Syria from a person who is who has Syrian heritage and not always what I see on TV, which is the sad story. Well, I tell you a little bit about that. So I was born in Homs in Syria. Uh, biggest city, um, a very cultural city actually, where you have all, all the kind of people in the society um, who have good life growing up. I mean, um, but when you grow up in, in Syria, there is this thing that they tell you, you can be anything you want, but you better avoid politics. That's the way um, you hear it if you are a kid. And then like the year come 2011, um, the whole thing started in my city, in Homs, where we started um, civilian protest against our regime that still exists till today. And the whole thing just happened in a blink of eye. I mean, the way I could remember it in a week or two. I mean, tanks were in the streets. Then we had um, airplanes. People were dying. Bombs were falling on the houses. I mean, at the beginning, you wouldn't you wouldn't cope with it. You you wouldn't you wouldn't see reality. I remember the first time. I mean, seeing people seeing people that at that age, it wasn't easy to cope with it. Then I would go back home and sleep, and and, and I would realize like, did I just see someone um, being bombed today? Did I see someone? Did I see that person on the floor? And then you get stuck with this reality. I mean, I mean, as you said, um, a refugee might have a really different perspective for the world um, that has changed for, for forever. I mean, at that point, I had to, to leave the country. I had um, political issues. My mom come from a political family of the previous president before the current one from Alatasi family. So we always been persecuted in the country. So my only chance, I was a 17 years old kid. I had a hundred bucks on me, my backpack, and I had to leave the country. I mean, as soon you leave the border, I didn't look back. I was just happy having my freedom. And then as soon I reached the second border, I would realize the harsh reality. Like I'm, I'm in a new, different country, totally new language, and I have to do something about it. And at this point, you get, you get stuck in a loop what I find it with the people who were in the same shoes as mine, that you might be um, traumatized, which is totally understandable, of the whole thing you lived, and be seeking help and need. And the, on the other hand, you might try to see whatever bright side that I might have left. In my case, I was trying to see um, how grateful I was that I survived or the last poem it wasn't for me and maybe it was for my neighbor. Then at the same point, you start feeling guilty. Like why in a way was it, was it me who survived? Why it wasn't my neighbor? I mean, 
at that age, maybe I was lucky enough because being at this young age, it's definitely hard, but there is, I think there was more room for adaptation. I could realize it in the others who are, who were much older in the age than me, or they had families with them. It's definitely much harder. And then I had, um, I was, I moved first to Turkey and then I had uh, issues with the legal documents that I didn't have residency, which many refugees faced these issues. I then moved to uh, the Turkish Republic of North Cyprus. I finished my study in fine arts there. And then I also faced the, the issue with the documentation again, as I have political issues with the um, government. I couldn't get the passport from the from my embassy. Um, and then in a way you had to bribe the government to get the document or pay high extra fees to get uh, a passport that is valid for a year or two. And then I finally made my way um, to Spain. And in a way I could, at first I would, I would see myself stuck in what I call a dark hole, which is a lot of trauma from the past and anxiety of the future where you have all this drama from the past that hurts you in a way and still you are anxious of what's going to happen for you and all this fear that what, what about now? Should I, should I really get integrated and work on myself in this country? Or in a way I might be deported to my country again and you know, you get stuck in this loop. I was at some point like really low point in my life, then I would realize, but I really do have value in me. I think I could provide something and be valuable in this society, you know? And I think it was a shifting point. In a way, I would realize that the more I was valuable and providing value to the others, to their lives, and others will appreciate it and provide value to my life too. I mean, the whole thing has changed my perspective to the way I see world. I think in a way it makes you more, I would say, have more of um, emotional intelligence to everything around you. Wow. That's probably one of the most empowering, but also sad stories I've heard. And I'm, I'm happy it's coming from your mouth as a person who actually experienced it. Because we, like I said, we can read a million things and get people's perspectives. But you're very right about the politics. It's the problem of the whole world right now. It's the politics. It's the, I'm the man in power and I'm the person in power. So I command and very well, very fine. Everyone is sitting back right now, waiting for that man in power or those men in power to do the right thing. And in the end of the day, I can't even imagine what it feels like to not be able to live where you come from, where you arise from, where your ancestors have come from, for you to just be uprooted like a plant and be told you're either going to have to leave and go anywhere or you die. These are the options that people are being given in 2021. I thought this was animalistic nature that we had in the, I don't know, medieval times where we didn't have any education. We didn't know what education is, but it just seems the more education goes into people's minds, the more they try to find reasons and loops and ways to destroy other people's lives. And I just really wonder, because sometimes I see up in the evening at night, Munir, and I'm thinking, these people, where is your conscience? Because you might feel great and empowered and protected for as long as you're around. If you destroy people's lives and you think you die and get away with it because this is how it was meant to be, no. 
I tell dictators, no, you're not meant to be a dictator. No, you're not meant to be an anyone that you are. You're not meant to destroy people's lives and get away with it. That is how the world works. That is how religion works. That's how karma works. That's how everything in energy works, is that you might think that you get away with it in this life, but in the afterlife, and what happens after we die, which no one knows what happens, you will pay. And that's how life works. No one is supposed to be a saint, but we can all be human beings. Your story is traumatized here, so I can only imagine how it is to have gone through it. And then now you have to... Your own right to a passport, you didn't even have the right to just be given a passport because it's yours. And I think many people will listen and be like, oh, thank God our country is not in that situation. Thank God we're not in that situation. We're all on our way to that situation. There, there is like a global war going on. A World War Three is what I call it because it's not about shooting atomic bombs from one place to the next. It's about everything that's going on. It's not just a racial war or a religious war. It's everything, a health war, a climate change war, an earth against humanity, ecosystems, biological systems, everything all at once. And I feel like people are maybe hearing it, but waiting for the people on top to fix it or hearing it and not understanding the gravity of how this is going to only get worse. When I, I kept repeating catastrophic chain of events, and people are just like, what does that even mean? What is this kid talking about? I hear you now and I hear your story. And I have a really where you come from. But I think you're also the right person to the problem in your society. Because you've seen both sides of the story. So how do you see Syrians in the future? How do you see your future for people from Syria in Syria right now? Let's start with that, maybe. I mean, if you start, if you speak a little bit about the roots in our in our country, the, the way you 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 talk, and I mean, of course, there is this spiritual part, maybe, or the moral part, sort of speak, I might be, which these kind of things with the system we have in the country, in a way, doesn't exist for for our government and our military. I mean, these people, when you when you see them in the streets, they are more of monsters. If I could describe them, they go on a harsh training since young age, by 11 or 12, and they get trained in a way just to obey the dictator president. So these kind of people, um, if you look to their eyes, you don't you don't see a human being. You cannot communicate with them on a human being level, nor spiritual, nor moral. So this is a big issue, and they have all the the power in the country. They've been um, in place for 40 years. So all the important spots are, uh, they hold it. So with the people who are left in the country by now, we used to be around 22 million Syrians in the country before the war. By now we are almost 8 million. So from these 8 million, I would see it, there are only two kinds who are left in the country. You are either part of the government, otherwise it's almost impossible to survive. In a way, you have to have contact with the government, you have to be um, part of the whole system. Or otherwise, um, you are staying at least in the capital, in a way, um, minding your own business. But also you have to have contacts with the government 
and totally uh, obeying to everything that government says. Otherwise, uh, you wouldn't have a chance to survive, definitely. When I see Syrians um, outside, all over the world, actually, um, it is surprising. I mean, regardless of all the harshness we, we have passed through, um, there's really a massive amount of success I see. I mean, I see the data from Turkey or the Middle East, like the Gulf countries, even in uh, in South America, even here in Europe, like in Germany. Um, I mean, Syrians, wherever they go, we, we, we have this uh, entrepreneurial mindset in Syria. I mean, as you know, like Syria, Damascus is the oldest capital in the world. And since ever, we always used to export goods. So in a way, it is part of the culture of uh, being entrepreneur providing, creating, and exporting. So you would still realize this, even people with everything passed through, they are transmitting this um, kind of mindset within them as a, a way to provide for themselves and for their families. In Istanbul, I mean, a whole full streets full of commercial shops of all kinds, just owned and run by Syrians. They have raised the economy in a massive way. Also in Germany, they own really big businesses. You see of them, um, like really educated people. But sometimes, I mean, not everyone is the same. There is the good and the bad, of course. Some of them might still have, um, I would say they are stuck in the past, which is totally understandable also. Or they might have other things that hold them back. Personally, the way I see it, I mean, some people might disagree with this, of course, is that the only way um, to survive to, to be, um, I mean, you don't have to forget about your roots, but you definitely have to integrate. You have to work on your integration. Personally, I have lost this idea of my home is where I was born. I see myself as part of everything around me and everything around me is part of me. So wherever I feel safe and I feel protected and welcome, I consider it home for me. For that, I am ready to fight for it and provide for it. I, I try so much not to be attached to to where I was born, so I believe like that's a way uh, for survival. Yeah, it's it's also an innate way of human beings to survive. You said something really powerful, and that's you who you are is not just where you were born or where you came from, but it's also where you are right now and where you're going. Because yeah, it doesn't matter where you came from; all that matters is where you're going. And I think that many people who might have never even met a Syrian, like most people that I know, to be honest, have not had the honor. I, it's just not happened. But I think to hear a Syrian speak about Syria, but also to speak about the world and to remind us, yes, Damascus is the oldest capital in the world, in history, I think even. I forgot that completely. But what happens in our modern day world when great empires like that reach a status of almost nothing no policies no democracy no human rights no nothing how how do you think that we can do better in this generation because i have i know that in the next 20 years the world is going to be a better place because like you and I have seen more suffering than we are we should see and we should experience and I think it's thanks to the world wide web and being able to see that at the end of the day we all want the same thing that 
most of us want anyway is yeah a safe environment good health education which does not always mean going to school because i keep telling people education there's social education and human education and that's just how you treat your human being and you can go and have millions of diplomas and certificates and be or whoever it is you are but if you don't even know how to treat the next human being you don't have a lot of education to show you have a lot of paperwork that many people can sign for you can stamp for you you can pay for it it happens all around the world people paying for certificates coming from families and their certificates are handed to them without the work being done i've seen it in medical school that's how that's how sad the world is that we're going through and i wonder why does someone want to become a politician without the education of politics why does someone want to become a doctor without the education of of medicine why does someone want to become a this without the education of it or at least you having proven that people can attest to the fact that you know how to do it correctly without the certificate or without the education how do you think before we lighten up the conversation how do you think our generation can do better from syrians to middle easterns easterners to europeans to africans to south americans to north americans to asians to islanders how can we do it different we all know the problem and that's good it's a good start to know that there's a huge problem in this world that is unfixable it seems unfixable but i know it can be done how do you think that we can do differently well adrian in the first place i mean in a way to solve a problem you have to define it i mean as you said we we know we know the problem but it seems to me at some point some people are still not aware of the the problem that exists you know i mean our generation definitely have um we we have more we are more open we are more understandable of our issues social cultural and political issues compared to our parents and grandparents but in a way i would see it that we have we have to be very open and very acceptable to everyone who is socially considered as different in a way for instance i met um this this guy from europe i mean i encountered this kind of people and some of them they are against um um people people like me who are from a different part of the world being a refugee in this continent and some of them are are against the law that um having a refugee status and in a way i would see it uh we we go back to the same point i would say is that we might mistake our temporary existence with permanent existence and again we take things for granted for instance we had um greek um refugees from greek in syria during the world war so you see it's matter of time in germany for instance 70 years ago i wouldn't be having the best life i don't think if i was a jew you know what i mean so it's it's a matter of when and where you are born which which we don't choose we didn't choose that so in a way i think our generation has to heal from from the past mistakes our generation made and we are still suffering from it is for us to be very open and very acceptable and to see beyond all these limitations we have whether it's religion or politics and all these um borders they put for us just to separate us at the end of the day i mean this pandemic is just showing us how we are all one no matter what language we speak no matter where we are born where we come from we are all one at the end this virus could end us could end all of us so yeah that's the way i would see it
I really, I am hopeful that our generation will be more, more open and acceptable for, for everything different than them. Yeah, and I think we will be more focused at the problem at hand and not the finger pointing or now it's one leader against another leader and this should have happened and I keep seeing vaccines not available and that's not available and this is not working and that's not working and people are getting angry and people are getting aggravated and people have the right to get angry and aggravated and things are not moving as fast as they need to move and that's why people keep on protesting and keep on destroying and fighting and it continues like that because someone's like I don't listen to people who are protesting and fighting and they're not allowed to speak against this and speak against that and speak against it's like but why do you hear speaking against you or a government or politics or that why don't you hear someone expressing their human right to express themselves because that's intelligence it's emotional intelligence it's social intelligence it's psychological intelligence it's human intelligence to be able to be like if someone is out protesting they need to be heard because whatever they're saying has to matter enough for them to put themselves out there whether it's a dangerous situation or in a non-dangerous situation for you to put yourself out there because you have something that important to say i think it deserves the education or being listened to but like i said many people have power in their hands and they can do whatever they want with it if it helps you sleep at night if it works for you that's great that's really great but like you said everything is limited in how long it lasts and how long it's appreciated accepted and withheld because times are changing you've mentioned they are changing and they're changing very fast and very drastically and many people want to turn their head away from this is not my problem it's not my country it's not my state it's not my issue it's not my that and that's fine but you're still here and the problem is still all around you and unless you decide to put your hand on it your hand of peace on it and say how can this be done like a united human race as opposed to someone doesn't feel like that's right or it's going against this legislation it's going against this law that it was put in place for a certain reason but it's not even working right now so many things need to change in the world and the youth have all the answers so we're just going to sit back through this horror movie is what this is it's a horrible horrific movie that we've been placed in and wait until the dust settles storm settles and we will start we will have to rebuild from possibly nothing in many regions of the world from absolutely nothing because most will pass on die on and leave it for us do you know the psychology of a psychopath i have a book in my mind it's called the clinical psychology of a psychopathic psychopath it's they just know that their time is limited and they know that in the next life many bad things are coming for them based on what they've done now so they don't care is what the, how the world works and this can go from region x to region y from country this to country that from this leader to that leader from that person to that person and that's fine but just to lighten up the conversation now can you please tell us about digital artistry what is digital artistry what does it mean to be a digital artist um so i'll tell you shortly about it in in my case as i finished my first uh study in fine arts then i had my professional experience in graphic design now that i'm in spain i'm having the the chance to have my own my own studio in in motion graphic i mean the the whole concept between digital arts is 
uh, transmitting um, the whole idea between, in my case, I mean, I would be the messenger between um, a company and uh, the targeted audience. In a way, I am becoming the bridge of uh, communication between them through visual arts. That's that's the way uh, we try to deal um, with, with, with issues. I mean, I would see, for instance, cultural projects, they have certain issues. They might have a hard time communicating with with the right audience they want to reach. And um, in a way, we could um, we could transmit these messages in, in visual arts to, to reach without without the communication of word. I mean, word has power, but also the, the visual art is, is a language everyone can can understand. Yeah, it's 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 I mean it's it's art, but it's modern and it's digital, which means it's better for the planet, right? Because that's the whole point of digital everything, digital medicine, as I'm doing and I've been doing for three years now, digital economy, art, humanities, politics, science, diplomacy, is that we save time. So we travel when we have to, not because we feel like it or we have the money or the access to the money for it, because now we're realizing, yeah, I don't have to jump on a plane to go to another city or country for a meeting. It can actually just be done online from the comfort of everyone's home. So people are actually resting more now, even though there is chaos, we're finding more time to rest and connect with the reason why did we become globalized? Why did we become urbanized? Why we did we why did we create a world only to not listen to the facts of how it can work and how it can favor us without abusing the resources we have? So do you have a website or somewhere that people can maybe see your work, how this works in more detail? Yes, the, the studio we have, I call it uh, Motionin. Motionin Studio. And, and a very important point you mentioned, it is, it is indeed you have to adapt to the, to the world you are living. For instance, I do still have um, artistic friends and they do all kind of handwork art, maybe from sculpture or other kind of things. And they seem to be struggling more and more every year um, to, be, to be part uh, of the world, to share their value. I mean, art always will have value, but we have definitely to adapt to what our societies are facing now. I mean, going digital, everything is going digital by now. So for us, if we don't adapt to, to the technology to transmit the art to be digital, I mean, we definitely, we don't have a chance to survive totally, I don't think. As you see now with this NFT, non-fungible tokens, they are having crazy prices. At the end of the, the day, it's just a graphic on the screen, you know, but in a way we are still following the same concepts of the art transmitted in a digital way and adding a value for it. All right, that's so you said motion M or motion N studio? Motion in, yeah. N motion no, right? Motion in from inside. Motion Wait. in studio. Oh, motion in, okay, in, okay, motion yeah. in studio. Exactly. Okay, okay, great. So as we end now, if you just have one great message and a great thank you to you for sharing a story because, you know, podcasting can be great and funny and I laugh at many people and many guests and I learn a lot and we learn a lot, but we also need to talk about the truth of what's going on instead of pretending it's not going on or shoving it under the carpet or hoping it's going to disappear because many people believe, don't believe, many people pray, don't pray, and that's all fine, but 
action has to happen because everything else that has been happening is apparently obviously not good enough because people need to get up and say this is enough but I tell people and I would tell a person who's feeling hopeless right now in Syria instead of going my only option is politics or no politics it's the government or no government why don't you do something for your society I mean in the sense of whatever it is if you can cook food for your neighbors every day and share with the neighborhood with hungry people you're doing something great instead of channeling all your anger and all your frustration about the failures of everything that's going on in every country in the world right now maybe you can use that anger to do something that will help you channel the anger in a different way but you're doing something that's safer for you for your mental health for your physical health and for people around you so what is one message that you after your life experience and you're not even that old your your youth your millennials so you you've seen a lot of the world and it's good and it's bad and it's dangerous and it's greatness what is a good message or one message that you want to have for millennials for people you know there's this saying for albert einstein that he says when we can't solve our problems with the same thinking we used when we created them and pretty much that's the way i believe we should see it I pretty much have all hopes on our generations to heal from all this suffering our past ancestors have created and I really hope each one of us see see the humanity in another to be more open for another to share and care Excellent. If only you were the president of Syria right now or I don't know a Syrian diplomat. If I had that power, I would make it happen. Maybe not president because you don't seem to like politics. And I'm a diplomat and not a politician. There are good politicians and there is good politics. And politics is good because it's competitive. It's supposed to make people vie for something, fight for something good, vote and whatever, but it's become a game for many people it's become like a board game like a chess game or a video game of guns and see what happens and people and see what happens and say whatever you want to say and lie a lot and then promise a lot and nothing happens and that's people's personal decisions that's not going to be a stain on my reputation or yours it's going to be a stain on their reputation historically because i think that many people are, we're living in this moment right now but many people are not realizing this is going to be a huge part of history i mean i'm talking the next 100 or 200 years just like we did with the first pandemic that happened 100 years ago this is going to be even bigger in the world history so i tell people you're human you're imperfect you're allowed to be imperfect but those decisions that you make that destroy people's lives you will go down in history for the next 200 years at least in the books of history for that maybe think twice maybe don't think twice maybe i don't know anything maybe munir doesn't know anything i know many people they see a young face or they hear a young voice and they just want to move it to the side we don't know what we're talking about so munir thanks a lot for talking to me today about what you are you andrean yeah about life about syria i've learned a lot and i would right i would like to go to syria and i would like to see how we can help people with my organization of youth teachers whatever it is that we can do even if it means going and cooking food for people for a week so that they have something to eat i would happily do that 
but we need other people to do their jobs before I'm able to invite you for something like that. But anyhow, thank you, Munir, for sharing your Sunday afternoon with us, tons of people countries around the world right now. I think I've learned a lot. I mean, I know I've learned a lot, and I think people have also learned a lot about Syrians. You know, Adrian, if we have more people who have as much awareness as you, I think together we would make this this planet a better place. So yeah, let's hope one day politicians don't have power as they do and we have the freedom to make it better. Thank you very much, Adrian. Thanks for having this conversation and have a nice Sunday. We will stay in touch. Have a nice Sunday. Bye-bye. Bye.